0: More like radio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink. Always drink. I blame this all on Kevin. DMU. you. Has anyone ever known
1: a good person named Kevin?
0: We we hung out with with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume, and he only says like three words. He he's like really shy. He barely talked to me towards the end of the night when he was drinking more.
1: Man, he, he was he was right there with us, talking a my a minute.
0: Alcohol by volume. I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I oh, bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid weird story. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by volume, alcohol by volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like drinking a vitamin, right? So, you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Drink a barf, drunkie!
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It's Tuesday, February 11th, 2014, and I am a shitload more coherent than I was at the end of last show. That was a fucking debacle last week. That was one of those shows where I, I genuinely had to go back and listen to segments at the end because I honestly was not sure what I had covered. Um I wasn't sure what new beer releases I had covered as it turns out, I think I covered one of like six or seven I intended to do uh news stories were kind of out the window at one point and then of course, after that show there was there was a vomiting in a bucket because I deserve it, and I apparently have a problem um I have not rehearsed any lines today Dennis God damn uh. Yeah, I know. I, it, I, actually, I probably said that line again and again and again and again. Ugh. See, I can't talk, and I'm barely into my first beer tonight. But if you did not download last week's show, do it. Go to morelikeradio.org. You can download all the wonderful More Like Radio shows there. Uh, keyword search. Uh, look up, I'd say, uh, anniversary show shenanigans, although I misspelled shenanigans in the uh, in the, the uh, show description. <laughs> Big Easy Rich in the chat uh, has probably the 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 best description with uh, last week the best part of last week was uploading your hard drive to the MLR dropbox yes yes apparently that happened see when um when i went up mid show to get the rest of my vodka that was up in the fridge i noticed nobody was home and i'm like okay yeah, i'm just going to grab this vodka fine came back down drank the rest of it pretty much blacked out and Apparently, my wife and kid got home maybe about 20 minutes after the show had ended, and I was still fumbling with trying to actually save the show and put it into the MLR Dropbox. Apparently, that 20 minutes turned into 40 minutes, and apparently that 40 minutes turned into about 1,800 Audacity files that got uploaded to the Dropbox. Not on purpose. No, I was just that fucking drunk. And, um, and, and, and the funny thing is it well, the funny thing, I don't know, amidst all that, I did not even upload the right copy of my fucking show to the Dropbox. I mean, by that point, my Dropbox privileges had been revoked until I figured out what the fuck I was doing. But I had, um, for those of you that listen live, I usually have a song uh, that goes before the intro. And, um, I cut that out for the podcast. This one I had not cut that out of the podcast. In the morning, I realized it. I'm like, oh "Fuck!" You know, I edit that out and everything. Uh, I, I was very thankful that I did not have work the next day, as I had anticipated because of a nice storm. Uh, but 1,800 audacity files—you know, all the stuff that goes into the project file—that's not the best part of it. See, Hammy is pretty much in charge of the Dropbox. And Hammy gets an email anytime one of the shows gets uploaded into this one folder of the Dropbox. The problem being, the Dropbox is not necessarily smart enough to identify between, you know, distinguish between what is a show and what is a whole series of 1,800 Audacity files. So, yes, Hammy got 1,800 emails uh, notifying him of stuff going into the Dropbox. Sorry, Hammy. It's not going to happen again anytime soon. <laughs> Dennis in the chat, the only box hammy's in charge of. Oh, snap. I wish I had that ha ha clip. Of course, we were doing that all weekend. Ah. Uh, and um okay, before I get before I get into the antics of the weekend in Orlando, there was an announcement that I did make public to the MLR crew. Down in Orlando while we were at Universal, and actually uh, made it public to a few other people uh, in the uh, in the car on the way to Orlando. Uh, drove down with my wife, Dennis Punchy, and uh, Dennis's girlfriend. So they found this out initially too. I have procreated again. Yes, I'm having another kid. Apparently, I don't know if that should be scary or you know, I don't know. Well, okay, I guess that might be applicable there so yeah i'm having another kid uh due in august uh pr- actually around the time of my birthday what this means for me of course is that yeah i get to uh do my other transformer sleeve on my left arm so had the i have the decepticons on the right arm ah i get to do the autobots on the left arm now <laughs> i had completely forgotten that uh oh damn my mic arm is squeaking like shit today i had completely forgotten that i would get to do that as a reward for impregnating my wife she she has to bribe me in that respect i suppose thank you rich uh so that that was that uh my after um after i told uh people down in orlando like my my wife wasn't really going on many rides because of her expecting condition so um i spilled the beans at one point i think we were in i think we were in line for the simpsons ride or something like that um at Universal, so after that she got many hugs and everything, and I, I texted her to warn her, of course, so she wasn't completely. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Dennis is right in the chat. You know, I knocked my wife up so I can get another tattoo. Makes sense. <laughs> Why not? I think I knocked her up the first time so I could get the first tattoos. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we are awful, awful people. Specifically me. So Orlando. Now after after Tuesday's. <laughs> I I felt I felt like shit on Wednesday, understandably. And then, of course, I had to go out in the driveway and snowblow the entire fucking day. Uh, wasn't as hungover as I thought I would be, but uh, still mild headache in the morning, dehydrated, whatever. So after that, I pretty much swore to myself I was going to behave with my drinking. Yeah, I know, haha, very, very funny. And not drink until the actual Saturday of Royce and Marie's wedding which is why we were down in Orlando. And I actually was successful. I, I did not have a fucking drop of any kind of alcohol after puking it all up on Tuesday, not until a little bit into cocktail hour on Saturday. So I, I did good with that. Um, and I actually behaved with my drinking while I was there, too. I had... Let's see, I had two Landsharks. The 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 bar, the beers they had, it was a Heineken, Heineken Light, Bud Select, Bud Light, and Landshark. I figured, okay, Landshark's something different. So I had two Landsharks, I had two Mojitos, a berry Mojito and a regular Mojito, and a glass of wine. It was a, a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a good thing I was not drinking the wine the entire night. For some reason, I don't know what it was with this red wine. It had the capability to really knock us on our asses i know i wasn't the only one knocked back by it dennis had tried it and i think um mitch had it too and it was one of those things where we knew that if we had drank more and more of that we would have just been in real real trouble i think part of people behaving themselves more was that it was not a full, full open bar, it was the beer, the wine, and the mojito, so you know, people weren't just, you know, getting shots of vodka and stuff like that and everybody was, everybody was, for the most part pretty well behaved um, god damn guys um I, I actually, I actually somehow got subjected to some dancing, uh, I don't know if I was necessarily dragged onto the dance floor and uh, welcome to the chat, Red Sox uh, because as was observed repeatedly by my wife, I, I, well, when you look at a dance floor and you see white people dancing, I am very much one of those white people. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. I, I bob my head a lot. I, mean, I think that comes from going to live shows where I'll just be, just be sitting there with my hands in my pockets, kind of like nodding my head to the music. I don't know. I, I, I don't fucking dance. I don't fucking dance. But I did dance with Marie at one point. I, uh, I think we, we made a Mersh sandwich. Uh, at, fuck, I, I danced with uh, Mitch to Sweet Caroline. I, If I remember correctly, I think Sherry may actually have video of that somewhere. I have a feeling she may post it at some point. If not, video at least has some still photos of that. Um, Ryan had a amazing best man speech. Uh I I'm sure that will be heard if not on Dutch and Royce tonight. Uh and Royce and Maria are actually in Colorado with Dutch and Kelly. So they are doing their show tonight. If not on Dutch and Royce tonight, definitely I'd say on Hippo Juice. Um but they they're, they're getting they're getting priority on on those clips. It, Ryan did a good job with that. Um it, it, Tiffany's maid of honor speech um uh, I admit I even got a little bit misty eyed um see Dennis doesn't want videos of anyone's dancing oh there will be videos of people's dancing in fact uh, I I have I have a little I, I know I have some video of Marianne dancing I don't even know if she realizes that I have video of her dancing um I actually might have video of her dancing with you Dennis I'm not sure <laughs> but I don't know I, I can hold it for ransom now I'm always accepting money uh, you know 20s 50s hundreds. I'm not going to complain. I'm not, I'm not choosy with that. But even though, even, uh, god damn it. I don't know. Can you guys actually hear, let me see. Let me look on the waveform here. Eh, I guess it comes up a little bit. I, I, I got to grease up this, uh my arm a little bit. Anyway, Uh, with, with that many, <laughs> we've said it about ourselves, with that many shitheads in one room, it still, it managed to be an amazing time. So congratulations to Royce and Murray. I've said it a million times already, but I'll say it again. Fantastic wedding, fantastic reception, great time. Then on Sunday, a bunch of us went to Universal. Uh, I'm trying to remember who all was in the group for that. Uh, okay, uh, me, my wife, uh, Mitch, Sherry, Royce and Marie showed up. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Tiffany and uh, uh, Doctor B, uh, Hammy of course, Punchy. Uh, damn it! I feel uh, if Sean was there, Sean I fucking love Sean. Sean was Sean was great. Um, son of a bitch! Damn it, Rich! The, the, the one the one time you listen and I say something like that about uh, well the mic arm and grease and I'm not going to go further into that. Um, I think that, I think that was our whole group, but, uh, we, uh, spent, we spent a good amount of time in the, in the Simpsons area of the park, god damn this fucking mic arm, ugh, I gotta get some WD-40 later, uh, spent a good portion of the the time in the Simpsons park, went to Most Tavern, I got to try, uh, the Duff and Duff Light, I know Punchy had a Flaming Moe, which is non-alcoholic, but still looked pretty cool, uh, they do like a dry ice kind of thing in the bottom of the cup. Hey, oh yeah, Marianne and Rob too. Did I not say Marianne and Rob? Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Hi, Marianne. <laughs> See, I was trying to think of too many people. Um, but you know, there there are pictures uh online of us at Most Tavern. I don't know if they're in the Friends of M.L.R. group, but they're they're definitely out there. Uh, so I got to try two of the Duffs. Actually, really good. They're made by Florida Beer Company, which is a craft brewer down in Florida. Uh, the regular Duff was better than the Duff Light, but both were still pretty good. I did not have any food from, like, Krusty Burger or anything like that. The general consensus on the Krusty Burger was, meh. But I did have a taco from the, uh, Bumblebee Taco Truck, you know, the guy in the Bumblebee suit. Those were actually pretty good, reasonably priced. So, uh, good good pairing with the beer, I guess you could say. Um... So we did all that Simpson stuff. I'm I'm amazed that I did not spend a lot on souvenirs. I mean I, d- I did not buy a single shirt. I uh Uh oh. Oh yeah, you know what? Crap. I'm seeing my connection going somewhere. Hold on. Do I have UTorrent open? I think I do. Uh I can see I uh I may have to reconnect here. Let's see, hold on. Okay. You know, what? uh da, 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 da. Yeah, some, something's on with my connection. I may have to uh okay, disconnected, reconnecting. I'll let that uh do what it's going to do, but I'll talk a bit for now here. Hold on. Reconnecting. Of course, the it, at least I'm sober for this one. Okay, now I'm connected again, I think. You guys hear me now? Please. Doesn't actually tell me the transfer rate, it just says connected. Um Oh, I'm not getting any peak level on Edcast. Oh, son of a bitch. I have no idea what's going on with it. Garg. Hold on. See, yeah, live radio, that's what happens. Keeps disconnecting. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um I don't know if somebody wants to um, I don't know, maybe mention something to yeah, I'm getting like an 8K transfer rate on EdCast, and then it's just going to disconnect. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to let Mitch know that I'm apparently having problems with the server. I mean, it looks like my, my internet's fine here. I mean, I'm getting full, beautiful signal, so I don't know what the fuck the problem is. Uh, let me close everything else. I, I, I don't have anything fucking open. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Connecting, connecting. Now I see a peak meter. Can you guys hear me now? possibly connecting connecting son of a bitch and no i did not spill anything on electronic devices but you guys probably can't hear me anyway so i don't know um you know i'll I'll, I'll move on to the rest of the universal stuff um damn it ah okay uh, the, the rides that we went. Of course, I went on the Transformers ride. I loved the Transformers ride. And oh my god, I look connect. And, uh, am I actually connected? <sighs> see, this thing is messing with me big time. Are you guys hearing me now? Nope. It looks like it's about to disconnect. Son of a bitch. Fuck it. You know, I'm just, I'm just moving on, and I'll see what happens with this. I'm recording, so if you have to hear it on the on the podcast, you'll hear it on the podcast. I uh, went on the Transformers ride. Loved that. We went on the um the uh, Terminator two ride, which seemed hilariously out of date. Um What were the other rides? Uh cr- 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 damn, what was what was the four D one? It was the, the Shrek four D. Um, so Oh, okay, I got a call. Let me see if uh let me see if this'll work. Uh Marianne? Hey, buddy. Am I still cutting out like crazy?
0: Um, I don't know. I just ran down to um <laughs> my
1: computer just to see if you needed any assistance. It looks like I'm back connected properly again. I'm sitting at a steady transfer rate. I'm seeing the peak meter. Um, I don't um, know if people in the chat are still hearing me or not. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to check the tune in while okay. I have you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, because... <laughs> Did I don't know. It was just freaking out. Steady transfer rate. I'm seeing the peak meter. Um, oh, that's me. Creepy. The chat are still hearing me or not. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, you're also Okay. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate you running to the rescue. <laughs> hey, no problem. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. Well, have a great rest of the show. I'm going to go listen. Okay. Thanks, Marianne. Bye-bye. That was Marianne from uh, Back Talk Radio. Mondays, 9 to 11. You should uh, download their show. It's up for download at org, And damn it, Dennis, shock therapy? fucking shock therapy, you no You can tell my comebacks are shit. I mean, you you knew that after being in a car with me for almost twenty hours, right? Okay, the rides, the rides. It, the Transformers ride, I fucking love that. That was that was my thing there. And the only souvenir I bought was an exclusive Transformer from the ride, so. Uh that that was a awesome time. I I think it was eh, I think I went to Universal when I was out in Orlando maybe twelve years ago or something. So, but a lot of the stuff has changed there. A lot cooler. Then that evening, we uh, a bunch of us went to World of Beer. I know uh, Royce and Marie have mentioned it on one of their shows at some point. The place had what was it like I, I like fifty taps or something. An amazing amount of bottled beer. So we actually got to watch Walking Dead there, or, well, sort of watch Walking Dead. Uh, I'm going to end up watching it again, but, you know, mainly for the Michonne parts because Carl's a little pussy. But we watched Walking Dead and drank a decent amount of stuff. I actually, I drank more that Sunday between Universal and World of Beer than I did at the wedding. I don't know how I managed that. But I had uh, Sam Adams Rebel IPA, which I actually did like. Uh, Mitch and um, let's see, I, yeah, I had um, I gave a taste of the Rebel IPA to Marianne and to Mitch, and both of them were kind of eh. so they're they're not they're not into the IPAs yet. I'm still very very mild with them, very mild. But there, are two other drinks I had there that I really want to try and replicate at home. Mitch actually got this first one too and liked it. They called it a black and blue. What it was, yet half of the glass is a blueberry ale, and then you float Guinness on the top of it. Tasted like a blueberry muffin, was delicious. You had that nice separation in the glass with the dark Guinness at the top, the light blueberry ale at the bottom. Really, really good. I tried another combination there called a black velvet, which was similar to the black and blue, except instead of a blueberry ale on the bottom, they actually used a cider. And the, I'm, I'm assuming the cider, going by the taste of it, it seemed like the Stella cider that's out there. Uh, Sherry had actually ordered that. I tasted it, and I liked that. But the uh, Black Velvet with the Guinness and the cider, really, really nice combination. That's another one I want to try at home. So I could just, you know, get myself a couple, you know, packs of uh, Guinness and start mixing it with different ales. Uh, let's see. Mitch and Marianne's husband Rob both had a Beatys Turbo Dog and enjoyed it, so I had a good recommendation on that one. I even picked out a good one for Hammy. Hammy, oh the the events of Hammy over the weekend. Uh, it was a Kona longboard logger, and he liked it, so I figured I did a good recommendation there. Other miscellaneous stuff that occurred on Friday night: all of us went out to dinner, and again I. I didn't drink. I probably should have because I. that was the one instance I could have gotten some uh, New Belgium fat tire. And I I don't know. I just didn't. But we went to Chevy's Mexican restaurant. I know J5 knows Chevy's pretty well. And delicious food. But the, the best part of it, the credit goes to my wife. She decided to, and, and she conferred with uh, myself and Marianne over this, she decided to tell the waiter that it was Hammy's birthday. Of course it's not Hammy's birthday. Hammy's birthday isn't until, I think, like September. So, the whole, you know, uh, wait staff comes out with a bowl of fried ice cream. They start singing happy birthday to him. He's like, it's not my birthday! But then it continued from there. There was a, a live singer right near our table playing guitar. And as he was playing, he wanted to know, because he saw a bunch of different birthdays come out, and he wanted to know everybody who had a birthday there, and of course, point out Hammy, and he asks for his name, and Marianne says, Hammy! And he's like, wait, what? It's Hammy! He's like, Hammy? Yeah, Hammy! Okay, uh, happy birthday, Hammy! I guess you really like bacon! That was just, it, it, didn't really get better from that point Of course it, the rest of the weekend We're making sure to wish Hammy happy birthday And <laughs> he wants to kill my wife now Which is funny Um Let's see Oh, Also another another wonderful Hammy thing from the weekend uh, Hammy's car His rental car versus the car that we got Hammy got a uh, a Mustang convertible And it uh, actually rained most of the time We were there Meanwhile we had a um uh, Challenger, which was fucking badass, and I want one of those cars now, but I guess that's I guess that 's not necessarily a good car for kids, you know put a car seat in the back it doesn 't quite work, but I loved driving that damn thing so it, the the whole weekend was amazing i I loved hanging out with the m l r crew I think Mitch is one of my favorite people now i I got along very well with Mitch I got along very well with everybody. Everybody got along well with my wife, so I was very happy with that too but good weekend, and I did not make an ass out of myself by drinking too much. I did not even buy any beer to bring back home. That surprised me but to be fair, I only went to uh one uh, total wine location i didn 't even go to an ABC so I, you know, I i i don't know i i guess I just figured i didn 't need to uh the place I went they had some cigar city stuff, nothing that really jumped out at me. So, I didn't worry about it too much. Otherwise, I I had a total good time. Um, (laughs) Dennis, honey, can we get a charger for the baby? (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, So, tonight I'm drinking my um, first bottle that I've opened of the Mr. Beer Winter Ale. And it turned out pretty good. Nice and dark. And has a good bit of spice to it. Um, I, I think this might actually be one of the best ones that I've done because the carbonation and the alcohol content seem to actually work in this one um and then I still have another case of that uh, the beers that variety pack from Susquehanna Brewing Company I got one of those down here I got the last bottle from the first case I got the Pills Noir um so like I said I didn't buy anything from Orlando so it's basically the Susquehanna right now and the Mr. Beer and I'm Totally fine with that, and fuck you, Red Sox. No vodka this week, yar. And uh, thanks to Scrambler too. He's going to actually be hooking me up with some stuff that I've wanted to try, so I'm hoping to see that in the coming weeks. And of course, he's he's becoming the new punchy, just pretty much like guesting on every show. Um, Goddamn! Now my wife's in the chat. Uh -uh. Change your username. Change. Yeah, if she's listening live for the second time because she wanted to know what I was going to say about the weekend. Yeah, yeah, Alan, I'm I'm am done with vodka. I'm so done with vodka. I don't I don't think I have any vodka left. Thank God. Ugh. No, not absinthe night, Dennis. Oy. I'm 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 drinking in moderation again. I'm drinking on show nights and maybe on weekends. <laughs> Ugh. I I need to give my liver a break. Okay so it, th- there was there was some uh well you know most most of the new stuff that I did not go through last week it, some of it was not necessarily time sensitive but eh, it was some of the stuff where it was uh <laughs> It is a shame that <laughs> the nicknames don't have enough characters because my wife just tried to turn her name in the chat into "Happy Birthday Hammy," <laughs> <sighs> but I got some uh, some little news tidbits and stuff, and then other stuff I can cover after the break. Um, this one I thought was really weird. It's an old uh old regulation in Maine that prohibits posting of ABV content in bars, which means. In Maine, there's there's a state regulation that you can't post it on a signboard, on a menu. You can only have it on the bottles. That's it. Which is kind of silly at a bar. Um, take a drink here. I don't think I drank enough water today. So uh, I got this from the Morning Sentinel. State alcohol regulators... Ugh. Try that again. State alcohol regulators are attempting to craft a new policy that would allow bars, restaurants, and brew pubs in Maine to continue listing the alcohol content of beers they serve without violating state and federal rules that prohibit the advertising of high-potency brews. Now, apparently, this law has been in effect since 1937. And... uh, Uh, While forbidden under main law since 1937 The posting of the alcohol content is standard practice At many establishments serving craft beers Which vary widely in alcohol content Most bars I've gone to That do serve craft beers You see the alcohol content When we were at World of Beer They had the alcohol content on the menu for the stuff (laughs) Ah, okay Uh, Now Marianne changed hers to Happy Birthday Bacon Oh, Jesus Poor Hammy. Oh, poor, poor Hammy on the next episode of Brain Stew. Jesus. So... Let's see. Um, yeah, there was more in... They were talking about how they would get around this law, kind of, by using some antiquated terms, such as full strength, high test, and pre-war strength. But that actually... It, I guess those got abolished over time, too, and, you know, somehow couldn't be used legally. Um, but legislators are working on There's a bill submitted by uh, Representative uh, let's see, Louis Lucchini. It's yet to be considered. Once a draft's written, it could take months to pass, but Lucchini said he would urge alcohol regulators to act sooner. And you gotta think, this is actually probably a good idea, considering that the range that craft beers can vary in their alcohol content, you're gonna have a more educated consumer there. If you have someone that goes into a bar is not familiar with the alcohol content of a certain craft beer, they get one and, you know, it ends up being like a twelve percenter, and then they get another one, okay, you've just potentially made a dangerous situation. Whereas if somebody maybe it's almost it's similar to like calorie counts on menus. Yeah, you can get that you know, 1,500 calorie burger, or, oh, you know what, um, I could get, you know, this, you know, little 500 calorie appetizer, and then, you know, have a 700 calorie dinner. It, you know, vary up your alcohol content so you're not just completely getting wasted on one beer kind of thing. I, I don't see why they would not want to do this, but it, we've seen all sorts of old, weird alcohol laws that are still in place. I mean, look at look at the growler law problem they had going in Florida. They have one going on in California right now that a little more minor. Um, with that one, I think it's, they passed legislation so brew pubs and breweries and everything can fill growlers that are growlers from other establishments. I think previously they had to put a sticker of that establishment over it or something like that. It, it, was, it was a bizarre set of laws, Pennsylvania's laws. So it's just another antiquated law that they got to pull off the books and hopefully they will. Um, and then uh, more craft beer news here, and a, a beer that I mentioned just a little bit ago. Southwest Airlines serves a craft beer, New Belgium's Fat Tire, for the first time. I got this from uh, Denver Westward Blogs, and, oh, boy, it's a good thing Hammy's not in the chat right now, somebody needs to screen cap some of this and, uh, send it to WhatsApp, though, just, just so, just so Hammy can see it, I think he'd appreciate it, and everybody, you know what, everybody that's listening to, you know, maybe, I don't know, you know, you should, you should message Hammy on Twitter, I mean, he's, you know, uh, at Brainstew Hammy, Or if you you know him on Facebook, message him on there and just, you know, wish him a happy birthday. Be sure to do that. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. So Southwest Southwest Airlines is serving Fat Tire on their flights. Last weekend, and actually, you know what? This article is is maybe a couple weeks old, so a few weeks ago. Southwest joined Frontier and Alaska Airlines by offering at least one craft beer option on board. Uh, So they sell new belgium's fat tire on all 683 southwest and Airtran planes in their fleet first time southwest has sold a craft beer it's the only one they're offering so far um let's see agnew let's see uh, michelle agnew who is michelle agnew i want to make sure i credit this woman um well, i guess she's just a spokesperson perhaps um customers would uh, cu- our customers like a variety of products we felt like new belgium fat tire would provide an option we've not carried before and a taste preference for many it's it's an American amber ale, and I figured that would be, you know, a, a very standard kind of beer, um, you know, more special than an American adjunct lager or something like that. But a, a nice selection there. Uh, Agnew didn't say why the airline chose New Belgium, but the company is the third largest craft brewer in the nation and is able to provide a beer in a higher quantity. That's a big difference right there too. Now, of course, the, you know they could have gone with somebody like Sam Adams, but. It, that the fact that they went with New Belgium, that's that's a nice move right there. Oh, um that's actually an even better idea. Uh guest seven two five zero seven zero. Yeah, wish Hammy a happy birthday on Joe Coletta's wall on Facebook. That's even better. Make sure you tag Hammy in it. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be pissed tonight. That's fine though. Uh, New Belgium spokesperson Brian Simpson says one of the benefits of packaging fat tire in both cattle ugh, yeah, cattles. bottles and cans is that cans can be used in certain venues like airlines where glass doesn't work that's another big thing there I mean, obviously you don't want glass bottles on an airplane so I don't fly Southwest myself actually I never fly but it's nice to see that craft beer is getting a little bit more exposure out there especially one like New Belgium I, I have nothing against Sam Adams but it would be different if it was Sam Adams, and I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, Boston Lager on a plain big deal." Because it's New Belgium, a little bit different. And another brewer, um, well, this is another new brewer. This is New Holland. Ha! Huh? You see how they segue? They, no, I, I fucking suck, I know. They're currently working on a packaging facelift for their products, and. I think this is relevant because whenever I'm in a store, I, I pretty much know what the New Holland packaging is going to look like. And this is this is quite a bit of a change. But I think it actually looks pretty good. I'll post it in the chat here. It's not a great size picture, but you get the idea for it. So they're... Let's see. Uh, they're putting flavor profiles on the package now. For instance, uh, the image here, they have the... Uh, Uh, Mad Hatter IPA says dry hopped for a distinctive floral hop aroma subtly balanced with delicious malt notes gives you pairings on it spicy dishes greens and aged cheese and another thing they do they have a sketch of a pint glass with the beer in it and it kind of gives you the color of the beer in a bottle some people may not know you know they may not expect what the darkness of the beer is and things like that. So they're kind of giving you a color reference there too. I've seen other other um, brewers like I know Abita does something similar where I think they'll mention food pairings on their on their six packs. They'll mention um, coloration on their six packs. I think they also usually have IBUs on there too, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, let's see. Yeah, they it's 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 a nice classy look you see like kind of um it's like it's like a wood grain background they they said they tried to stay away from glow in the dark neon ink and stuff like that they didn't want it too flashy it looks very classy I like it and I'm glad I saw this article because if I was looking for new holland stuff i would not have recognized it at first so pretty cool there so. Check that out. And then this was apparently a big story last week that I had no idea had actually happened. I have no clue how I missed this. Well, okay, Tuesday, I know how I missed it. Wednesday, I was in recovery. Um, Thursday, I was working. and Oh, yeah, and then I was on the road. So I guess that does explain how I missed it. So, if But this story broke on last Wednesday. Anheuser-Busch, and this is from Beer Pulse. Anheuser-Busch Announced, it has agreed to purchase Blue Point Brewing Company, one of the nation's top craft brewers with more than 40 beers and sales concentrated along the East Coast, in a move that will bring additional resources to Blue Point's operations, allowing it to meet growing consumer demand for its award-winning brands. Now, of course, people are probably going to compare this immediately to Goose Island, saying, oh, here's another craft brewer that Anheuser-Busch is picking up Are they going to fuck them up? Goose Island, what is it, almost three years down the road now, they're still doing fine. Their Bourbon County Stout is amazingly popular. All it is is that Anheuser-Busch has helped them expand their distribution and gave them additional resources. Yeah, Anheuser-Busch has a financial stake in it. They're getting money out of it. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think it's really changed Goose Island all that much, and I don't think it's going to change Blue Point all that much either. Um, ironically, Bluepoint had actually played an April Fool's prank back in 2011 where they claimed they had been acquired by Miller Coors. So, you know, reality imitating prank art. I don't know. But um, it, because it's going to bring additional resources to Bluepoint, I, I, you're going to see wider distribution, which is good. I get Bluepoint out here. It's based out of Long Island, so it's no surprise that I see it out here. Um, I have started to see more Goose Island, for instance, since they got acquired, although still not quite as much as I would like. I never, never see the Bourbon County Stout out here, but, uh, Blue Point's got some really good stuff. Um, in fact, let's see, um, the Toasted Lager tends to be pretty good. That was actually one that they had at the uh, City and Color show that I went to in Central Park last year, so... Uh, so Bluepoint has been acquired and uh, I I haven't really kept tabs on the message boards and stuff with this. I, 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 I didn't even look in the comments on Reddit whenever this article was posted because I pretty much, I think I'd be able to gauge the reaction of people freaking out. Like, uh, they're not craft anymore. I'm never going to drink them again. Nothing's changed with their beer. They've just got somebody, you know, it's almost like they've got an investor that can help them just get better at this point. anheuser Bush. I don't think they're going to stifle them creati- creatively, but people are going to think what people are going to want to think. Um, okay, you know what, okay, Big AZ Rich does have a point here. They bought Rolling Rock, moved production to St. Louis, and now they're the same price point as Natty Ice. Now, if they did something like that, where they move production of it, I mean, Goose Island, for instance, is still based out of Chicago, and they're you know it's pretty the same brewmasters and everything. They're they're still doing the same thing they were doing before. As long as Blue Point stays intact as it is, as long as they stay primarily in Long Island and stuff like that, I think they'll be okay. If it's a case where they move production, clean house stuff like that. Then they're going to have problems, and I mean I think you you see that with a lot of businesses where you know a, a takeover and they clean house and suddenly the, the company isn't even the same as it was anymore. You see that with um, especially techno- technological properties that get bought out. Um, a lot of the time, you'll see the quality of a product degrade because you know oh you know it was a financial thing they bought it and now they can't be bothered with it. Um. Let's see. I think I can do. Yeah, I can do at least two more of these. I know this one actually got mentioned on Backtalk Radio last night. As I said, Monday is nine to eleven on MLR. Uh, Canadian Olympic beer fridge. If I recall correctly, this concept isn't actually a new thing because I think I reported on this a while back. If it wasn't this exact one, it was extremely close. So. Uh, Canadians scan their passports, and th- this is in um, in Sochi right now. Uh, Canadians will scan their passport, and this is only for Canadians. The fridge will give them some Molson Canadian, and as I said, if I recall correctly, these fridges were spotted in various locations in Europe previously. Um, last year, maybe even as far back as 2012, I don't know, maybe it was kind of a pilot program for the Olympics, maybe it was just Molson Canadian... Of viral marketing in Europe. In any case, they've got these machines in um, the Olympic Village now. Uh, and actually, there's a image here of it. Let me see if I can actually post this into the chat. And no problem, Marianne. I will. Well, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say something bad. I'll always plug your show. Ha ha ha. Um, but here's an image of the beer cooler. So you scan your passport, it reads it, and you're able to open it up and get yourself a nice cold. I'm not sure if it's a can or a bottle of Molson Canadian so this was um, a photographer for CBS known on Twitter as at side CG they tweeted the picture of the beer fridge so pretty neat idea there um, I, I you know leave, leave it to Canada to have something neat like this relating to beer I think maybe Americans are a little bit too I don't know not not stuffy. That's not the word I want. We get too sensitive over alcohol. And if, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you're you're promoting alcoholism among our, you know, our, among our young athletes and everything. So, obviously, an American beer company is not going to do something like this. But that's why Canada's pretty cool. <laughs> God damn it, butt monkey. Urgh. I had this bookmarked before that. But, eh. Nah. We all steal our material from each other. I I, I think it's cool, though. I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) And, okay, uh, speaking uh, speaking of uh, some more kind of cheapish beer, this was one that I uh, picked up today. It happened, let's see, this was posted four days ago. Most of the time when you hear about these beer heists, the people end up getting found out pretty quickly. Well, this one, this is an unsolved beer heist in Chelsea. Got this from DNA Info New York. Thief swipes yes, thief swipes beer truck while driver makes Chelsea delivery, police say. A thirsty thief. <laughs> no, he was a fucking drunk. He wasn't thirsty, he was a drunk. Made off with an entire truck of Heineken beer while its driver was making a delivery, police said. According to police, the Heineken truck's 51-year-old driver and his partner had parked the truck at the northwest corner of West 27th Street and 11th Avenue to take beer to Pinch Food Design and Catering Company at blah, 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 at about 12.45 on Monday. The pair left the green 2005 Freightliner's keys hidden under the driver's seat, but when they returned 10 minutes later, the truck was gone, according to the NYPD. Why the hell would you leave your keys in there? You have a truck full of beer. Are you fucking stupid? (sighs) Uh, The vehicle owned by Long Island based Demon Trucking was seen on surveillance cameras heading into the Bronx at about 2 p.m. that day but has not been seen since. How do you lose a big truck full of Heineken? We have cameras everywhere. The NSA is watching us every fucking second. They can't see it truck up full of beer. Uh, the thief got away with 11 kegs and three, only three, 24 can packs of Heineken, along with three cases of Georgie vodka. Neither Heineken nor Demon Trucking immediately responded to a request for comment. Yeah, because you feel fucking stupid. Um, and the sole comment in the article. I, I agree with, uh, Peter R. Mayer. Let us give praise to our creator that it was not a Guinness truck. Cause that would be a very, very sad thing. Um, you know, what? I might as well hit break now. I got a few news stories that I can actually get to afterward. A, um, uh, potential cancer cure in, um, some booze mixed with something else. Um, this seems like the kind of thing you may accidentally mix and I don't think it would uh I don't think it would be that bad of a problem but science is uh, trying to figure this out um, let's see what else we got here craft beer Alliance CEO says don't bash beer he's talking about big beer kind of stuff and that basically we're all just beer uh, Wikihow.com teaches your dog how to get you a beer this could come in handy for some of us. A few lists that I've been holding on to for a while, and then a bunch of new beer releases and reveals. There are some here that I am I am quite excited about and hoping that they hit my uh, hit my area of the world, but it, with my luck they never do. So Okay. I'll be back after this on alcohol by volume.
0: Kevin Show! Oh, hey! It's the of the show, hey! More like radio, less like crap. Want more, want more alcohol by volume, volume? because i'm <laughs> kind of drunk for this That's shit nuts download past episodes at more
1: radio.org join the facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume like the facebook page facebook.com slash nlr alcohol by volume and follow along on
0: twitter at nlr underscore alcohol i find your drunkenness very unappealing i am drunk or i wouldn't be talking to you The newest episodes of Talk Radio Meltdown air first on More Like Radio. Listen to new episodes every Friday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern at morelikeradio.com. More Like Radio has a lot of great shows, including ours. Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. Listen in at morelikeradio.com. Many of us grew up reading the works of Jules Verne and books like Treasure Island, great classic fantasy novels. I love reading fantasy, but most of the fantasy novels released today read like a role-playing game. I'm interested in characters and stories when reading fantasy novels, and i found a fantasy novel written with the story and the characters as the focus. The book is titled Daughter of Vengeance, and the author is David Timrick. David Timrick is a self-published author who has written several books, and they are all top-rated on Amazon. Daughter of Vengeance is a story about a young lady who's thrust into a world of espionage, betrayal, and murder. A survivor at heart, she befriends a master assassin who takes her as his apprentice. After years of training and careful planning, she begins her life as one of the king's many spies. Unknown to her, a plot has slowly been unraveling which will not only destroy the fragile peace of the kingdom, but could descend the world into chaos and war. Can Michelle rise above the shortcomings and failures of her predecessors, and set right the wrongs done centuries before? And will her life be the ultimate price she pays for the sins of others? You'll have to read Daughter of Vengeance by David Timrick to find out. So visit his website, davidtimrick.com, to buy your copy today. David Timmerich, T-E-M-R-I-C-K, davidtimrick.com. Daughter of Vengeance is available on Kindle and in paperback. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune in to More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> Alright, you're such a diva now that you have your own show. With guest host Punchy, Greenway... And whoever else shows up on Skype. Or in Fox's creepy
1: basement studio. The smell of cum and beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What
0: are the anal beads for?
1: Can you just do the bits? Ugh,
0: fine. Jesus,
1: and you wonder why people get Marianne
0: to do the audio bits. Markout Radio Live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the
1: Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic, a drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem.
0: I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like um, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of Peace, at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. (laughs) No, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about Olive fucking Garden. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay.
1: And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends.
0: We don't give a fuck. I hope you relapsed. (laughs) Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you? I meant doing? I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio.
1: You're doing some things with Enya, correct?
0: I, I hope you end your life. <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I would rather go um, one mile down the road than inconvenience men behind me. Mm -hmm. In my mouth, with my tongue, and testicles.
1: Oh.
0: My official statement is fag.
1: Zach, um, uh, um, as far as your routine goes, how, you know, because do you ever, like, do, like, with... uh
0: Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com.
1: Yeah, you can't sell Petsy's milk. No way. Absolutely no way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> you can't sell that milk. <laughs> <laughs> I got pain. <laughs> it's all like hair. Yo, I got pain. I almost said I got pain I'm gonna smell it Dude fucking takes the bread Shoves it in her ass Shits it back out Puts it in the case That's how you wrap the bread You can jiggle your fist around in there Without hitting the sides <laughs> the intro, 9 to 11 Saturday nights On more Life radio On this episode of the daytime drama Conti and Kenny, Conti shows compassion for Kenny's flailing comedy career.
1: There's, especially in this area where we are, the Northeast, there's 10,000 people that want to be comics that sort of do it here and there. They want to, not, don't look at my schedule. <laughs> no, I wasn't putting you in that. Group. I've been doing it 10 years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> not uh, Right now, I'm in a little. F- not in a I'm, row. I'm,
0: I'm <laughs> 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 yeah, you jerk on it. Conti and Kenny dot com. High Society Radio is now part of MoreLikeRadio.com dot com. Who's all part of the More Like the uh, More Like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who we, who are you joining there? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other What other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster. That's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. More like radio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on morelikeradio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Albert Show, Thursdays, more like radio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? it's Bill. I'm phoning oh, it in. Always he's phoning it in. Coming to you live from the Half-Petty Pub Sayville. That's right. punk rock music. Independent music. And all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy carty stuff. Here yeah. <laughs> yeah, on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalford.com 24-7. Yarrr! The Elvis and Alfred Show. A tub of what up stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. Morelikeradio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. Mo's a tribute. M is for Moe, the owner of Moe's. O is for the O in the middle of Mo's. E is for acceptance. The feeling I always got here at Moe's. <clears throat> oh, Moe, don't let him close you down. Oh, it's too late. I don't have the cash to clean up the bar. From now on, you guys are just going to have to do your drinking across the street. Hey, a beer's a beer. I can't go to a gay bar. I'm too fat. It's going down. I'm yelling to my. You better move. You better dance. Let's make a night. You won't remember. I'll be the one. You won't forget. Hello.
1: Hello. Hour number two of Alcohol by Volume. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for you, Dennis. <laughs> oh. yeah, we were we were killing each other all weekend with that. I think uh, we can blame Butt Monkey for that. I think. Damn it, Red Sox, not you two. <laughs> okay, so um, cancer cure, well, potentially. I'm not saying it's a be-all, end-all cancer cure. God damn it, you guys. <laughs> Uh, I got this from The Drinks Business. According to a report in the Irish Independent, a compound found in red wine combined with aspirin could kill abnormal cells that lead to cancer. So uh, it's the wine extract uh, resveratrol and aspirin. They help to destroy tetraploid cells that contain multiple copies of chromosomes. These cells cause genetic instability and have been linked to the development of cancer. Now the research has suggested that the resveratrol and the aspirin eliminates the tetraploid cancer cell precursors. So if we want to just put that into basics, these two compounds put together can nuke, potentially nuke the stuff that will ultimately lead to cancer. It's Great idea! I think uh, the the more ways we can have to eliminate cancer, the better, in my opinion. Um, in test laboratory mice genetically engineered to have bowel cancer, now that's horrible. Oh, why would you genetically engineer a mouse to have bowel cancer? That's just that's not nice. Um, they had fewer tetraploid cells in their guts when fed the wine compound and the painkiller. Exposure to the two substances also reduced the survival of tetraploid cells in human bowel cancer tumor cultures. So not just in mice, but they've had an effect on human cancer cells. Very interesting. And <laughs> the what lady is pretty, uh, a pretty good meme there. If you're, if you're in the chat and you, you have no idea what's going on, uh, morelikeradio.com, if you can. I know Mitch and Sherry are probably listening, but they're probably on their drive home from work, so I totally understand, Uh, and Sherry likes it when I give her shout-outs on the show, so hi, Sherry, Uh, Resveratrol, Res, I'm sorry, it looks like Resveratrol, this is a weird word, Resveratrol is derived from red grapes, is said to have antioxidant anti-cancer properties, last month, a study found the compound could help boost the immune system and counteract the effects of a high-fat diet, ooh, Um, I I should start uh, drinking some red wine, uh, aspirin though primarily a painkiller has been shown to protect against some cancers especially those affecting the intestines and stomach now I've never been an aspirin taker I I, I have problems with aspirin for some reason but uh, if I if I I don't know if I could keep myself from getting cancer or something with that obviously I know it's not just drinking wine with aspirin there's there's you know actual chemical combination that goes on here it's not just you know over the counter like that <laughs> and just like that Mitch and sherry just got home and yeah, and she's in the kitchen apparently where she belongs according to Mitch if she's making a sandwich then yes okay ah uh, this was again from a couple weeks ago craft brew Alliance CEO says don't bash beer the thing he really takes exception to is is that designation out there now of crafty i mentioned it earlier when it comes to goose island and now blue point because they're owned by big beer you could call them crafty same goes for line and kugel stuff like that and what this craft brew alliance ceo uh let's see do i actually have his name here uh andy thomas he is trying to basically get beer drinkers to stop making that distinction that basically beer beer is a community and well, i don't know where i'm going with this to ba- you know to bash one beer for you know being owned by a certain company makes no more sense than bashing another beer for being owned by another company now you can bash the requisite, you know, or the um not requisite that's not the fucking word i want. Um you can bash the qualities of certain beers as being shitty, you know, if 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 you're not a fan of bud light because it's bud light, fine. But if you become not a fan of goose island just because they're Anheuser-Busch owned, that's a little different. Um so he uh took the stage in front of 300 beer industry professionals saying he intended to quote go back to when we were younger and weren't afraid to speak our minds thomas leveled a series of charges against high school style cliques and labels in the beer industry and instead suggested that brewers worry more about their companies than what they are called by others that does make sense if if beer drinkers are determined to call your beers crafty you know what prove them wrong by making an amazing beer look what look what goose island has done with the with the bourbon county stout i haven't had it yet but by all rights i've heard that it is amazing and it's from an anheuser-busch-owned property so how, how do you square that um oh yeah beer profiling obama won't stand for that Damn, I, I wish i had Duchess obama clip right about now um we have the honor of two pioneering craft brands in our portfolio," Thomas said, referencing Widmer Brothers and Red Hook. Yet an industry association doesn't consider us craft. Now, if I remember correctly, um, those I'm trying to remember if Red Hook was who they were purchased by, or I I can't, I can't keep track of all of it anymore. He goes on to say, Isn't it time we stop acting like 13-year-olds that we stop taking ourselves too serious and start talking to consumers in retailers again? Thomas elaborated, drawing a link between the socialization models of young adults, the, quote, jocks, stoners, and nerds in high school. Uh, Makes sense. And uh, maturing craft brewers. We label, we operate in clicks. He said, "Are you a craft brewer? Did your equity come from a certain place? Did you not use certain ingredients?" Name calling, labeling, craft versus crafty. Um, he goes on to say people should worry less about, you know, who gets to be labeled as you know a pure craft beer and who's not. I, I, I think distinctions between true big beer, mass market, you know, Coors Light, Bud Light, you know, Budweiser, uh, Miller, the, the, the things that you see everywhere. The, the things that basically have 100% saturation. Those are not craft beer. Yes, it is a label, but it's a it's a distinction there, I think. And then you have your craft beer, which is clearly not available everywhere. It, it It's a tough time for beer because it... You run the risk of getting too snooty, I suppose. Um, let's see. Yeah, he urged the crowd not to question a beer drinker's choice, but rather to celebrate it. We think our actions are limited to this room; they are not. We're leaders of the industry. What we say about each other influences what consumers think about us. Our actions, our words, have an effect. That I've I've found that to be true when it comes to certain brewers bad mouthing other brewers. Look at how... um, Shit. uh, Was it from... I can't remember if it was from Stone. If it was Greg Cook. uh, Bad Mouthing. I I don't think it was. But it had to do with uh, Sam Adams putting Rebel IPA into bars. And uh, potentially bumping out other craft beers. And you get some of this infighting within the craft brewers. That doesn't help anybody that really and it makes it makes people look stupid it's almost it's almost kind of like let me let me draw a comparison here um let's say like radio wars it's one thing to battle between even you know battle between different forces like you, know, you get your big beer your craft beer battle between those two that's fine that's you know the little guy against the big guy. It's a little bit different than to have infighting. Let's say you know okay, so it could be you know let's say MLR battling against you know the the uh, terrestrial established bullshit radio that nobody really should be listening to anymore. Okay, but then you could have potential infighting like you know say say if um, I don't know say if say if uh, Dark Fox decided to I don't know start a fight with Footer. I don't know, just, just, just an idea. I wouldn't say it's going to happen, but you know, that's infighting within the community. You don't want that in the craft beer community. Am I making sense here? I have no fucking clue if I'm making sense. Um, let's see. He continued on with a plea for increased consumer education, suggesting that craft beer could one day account for 70% of all beer sales. <sighs> I have to dispute that, only because I think at that point, you will have change the definition of craft so significantly that it will not mean what it means today 70 percent is a big 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 difference than what market share craft has right now that that would be that would be akin to microsoft and apple completely flipping their market share i think and i i don't see that happening there's it's it's not that craft will always be a niche market, but there will always be that difference between the smaller independent style companies and the big corporations. There's always going to be that difference. I don't see 70% happening. Um,. After offering attendees plenty to chew on, he issued this challenge, don't bash beer, don't elevate yourselves by cutting someone else down, don't make someone question their beer, don't bash beer, don't bash craft beer, don't bash crafty beer, don't bash domestic beer, don't bash imported beer, don't bash light beer, don't bash brands, don't bash brewers, don't bash beer consumers, don't bash retailers or wholesalers, don't bash beer, celebrate beer. Now, I notice he did not say, don't bash corporations. So there's still a little bit of leeway there. There's a difference between bashing Budweiser and bashing Anheuser-Busch InBev. There's a difference between bashing Miller Lite and bashing Miller Coors. If you kind of get where I'm going with that. Um, Let me bump back into the chat here. Um, Yeah, like, okay, I I know, you know... um, I, wait, I, th- I think I think that is Dennis in the chat Saying I used to like Bud Light And then I've fucked that I've always had taste buds and self-respect So I never liked Bud Light I liked Bud Light, damn it But And I I will avoid drinking a Bud Light If I can help it But it's one of those things where Like Marianne said I'd still drink one if it was the only thing available But not my first, second, or hundredth choice Um <laughs> Butt Monkey says, Mitch says he's Midwestern hick trash for liking Miller Light. He's somewhat right. I would take Miller Light over, or um, Bud Light over Miller Light. I've never really been a fan of Miller. And, um, <laughs> oh, Schlitz, Schlitz. Marianne posts a Schlitz shirt. That is, that is, that is a nice shirt. I like that. So, I mean, uh, he, he makes an excellent point that we're we're all beer drinkers between, you know, the person picking up, you know, a case of old Milwaukee to the guy waiting in line hours for just a few cans of, you know, Pliny de Younger. Um, now, when when the big beer corporations kind of try and pull one over on, you know, pull the wool over your eyes on certain things. You can push back on them. I mean, look at look at some of the the gimmicky innovations that Big Beer tries to it tries to toss at us as improvements. Bud Light has that new aluminum screw top can or not can a uh, bottle that you can reseal. Does that somehow make your beer better? Not really. Does it somehow make your beer more convenient? Maybe less spillable, possibly. I'm not even dignifying De- Dennis's images in the chat now, because I know he's just going to keep posting more. Um, like uh, which one? I think it was Miller Light had the vortex bottle. Um, Coors Light about the, you know how the mountains on the label will change color when your beer is cold enough. all, all these beers and again, it's always Big Beer that does this, you know, our beer is so cold, you know how cold my beer is, whichever beer it is, it's as cold as, you know, I leave it in the fridge, so, overall, you know, I don't know, my, my train of thought keeps getting completely thrown, Okay, yeah, Mitch has it right. They spend more on the bottle than the actual flavor. If they spent as much on their marketing and their packaging and all that stuff as they did on maybe trying to refine recipes, create new ways, you know, new recipes and stuff like that, and not just keeping with the same stale thing that a lot of the time you can't tell the difference between one and another, maybe they would not be subject to a lot of that ridicule people out there genuinely enjoy it some of us that are more you know craft beer drinkers we could say that you know we could say they're maybe uneducated they may not know better than you know but if 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 someone likes Miller Lite and enjoys it I'm not going to begrudge them it's cheap and if they like the way it tastes and it gives them a good buzz more power to you me Eh, not for me but we are all beer drinkers that's what it comes down to I should have had some patriotic music going in the background, shouldn't I? (sighs) Fuck that up. Got this from wikihow.com. I would love to teach my dog to do this. Yes, it's how to teach your dog to get a beer. Sadly, I don't think my dog would be obedient enough to do this. So they did this in, let's see, overall four parts. The first part is actually teaching your dog how to open the fridge for the beer. And, and they're not joking around with this. They're, they're using this as an actual training thing to train your dog to get your beer. Uh, tie a rope or a towel to the door of your fridge or if you have a tug toy that your dog likes, this would work as well. You can also wrap a treat inside the towel to make it more enticing. Then, with your dog next to you, say, get me a beer or whatever command you want to use for the action. Encourage your dog to bite on the towel, rope, whatever it is. Give praise and a treat every time your dog bites the towel, rope, whatever, on your command. Next, say, get me a beer, and encourage your dog to pull on the towel, rope, whatever. Give praise and a treat every time your dog pulls the fridge open. Yes. Now, part two, grabbing the beer. Important Put the beer can on the lowest shelf of the fridge so your dog can reach it. It also helps to clear out any stuff around it. You know, you don't want your dog climbing through the fridge and knocking everything else over. This is an interesting suggestion, and I see bad things happening with this, but maybe it's because my dog is weird with things. Empty a beer can and play fetch with it. If necessary, wrap something around the can so the dog can grab it more easily. I could see a dog with good fangs just puncturing a beer can. you know obviously if it's empty, it 's not a big deal, but it's a full one. Well, suddenly, your dog is shotgunning a beer. Uh, put something against the fridge door so that it stays open without you having to hold it uh, near the fridge, Point to the beer can and tell your dog to fetch. If your dog doesn't understand as you give the command, pick up the beer and place it in the dog's mouth I, I gotta post this image in the chat just because it's funny. This dog looks so happy with this beer. <laughs> Uh, Give your dog praise. Give the drop command so that she drops the can into your hand. Why is it a she? Why can't it be a boy dog? Come on. Give praise and a treat. Repeat until your dog can pick up a can of beer and put it on your hand using only verbal commands. Move further away from the fridge and repeat. Keep moving a little further away until you're sitting in your living room couch or in front of the TV or wherever you'll often be when you command your dog to fetch the beer. Part three. Now, this is kind of important closing the fridge it's not going to do any good if your dog goes to get your beer and can't close the fridge when he's done or she is done whichever so you open the fridge door slightly you dangle a treat so that your dog gets up on his hind legs and leans with his front paws against the door this will close the door say close it when you're doing this and reward your dog when they put their paws on the door Move further further away. This is kind of like the last step. Leaving the fridge open. Tell your dog to close it. Reward your dog whenever they close the fridge. Now, part four, you put it all together. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and now Mitch is posting pictures of dogs with beer in their mouth. And yeah, that, that last dog that Mitch posted clearly did punch right into that 32-ouncer of Miller. <laughs> and that's... And the dog looks pretty freaking happy about it, too. Uh, Part four, putting it all together. Stand close to the fridge. Ask your dog to get me a beer. He should now be comfortable opening the fridge door. While the fridge door is open, tell the dog to fetch. Have him put the beer in your hand and reward him. Repeat the previous step. This time, say close it after he grabs the can. Reward him profusely after he's brought you the beer. Move a little further away and say, Get me a beer. Your dog should open the fridge door, but if he forgets to, just grab the beer or close the fridge and remind him verbally. Um, reward him when he brings you the beer, having done everything he was expected to do. Keep doing this, and eventually, most dogs will complete all the tasks with a single command Get me a beer. Um, Let's see, uh, other tips, think carefully before you teach your dog to open the fridge. Once he knows how to do it, he may help himself to whatever food is in there. That's what would worry me. I, I I could see my dog walking out with, like, apples and stuff in his mouth. You can also use a similar technique to fetch a beer out of a cooler or wherever else you keep your beer. I like the idea of this. However, I th- I think it might almost be easier just to, uh, I don't know, teach my kid to get me my beer. Is that unethical to teach a two- or three-year-old to... To get you a beer out of the fridge, I mean, just to—that <laughs> was good, Mitch. <laughs> uh, but I don't know—is it unethical to to have your have your kid get you the beer? I don't I don't think it is. It's no different than if he's like you know getting you a soda or a bottled water, right? I don't know. I don't want Difus called on me though, so I'll be careful with that. Um. Uh. Let's see. Yeah, let me go to this one. I, I've been holding this one for a while. This is from the LA Times. This kind of leads back into what that uh, the Craft Beer Alliance CEO was saying about you know, not bashing beer. This is seven steps to becoming a better beer drinker. Now, this isn't like a snobby kind of thing. I, I, think, I, I think this article is good because for the most part they're easily done for us and If I remember correctly, yeah, this article kind of came out in the guise of like a New Year's resolution thing where you can become a better beer drinker in 2014. And to be true, to be fair, I need to do more of these kind of things. And Oh, Dennis is going to teach Oscar to go on a homicidal rampage whenever he hears timber. That's not very nice. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Okay, the first one on here. And this is one that I need to do a little bit more when I'm actually in the process of drinking beers. Yes, I have the beer tasting list at tinyurl slash what is it? Um goddamn. I don't I don't mention it from week to week and I fucking forget about it. Was it tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting, I think. Yeah, that's what it is. Um I do it with that, but a, a lot of the time it can tend to be after the fact it may be, um, it, it's not, the, the taste is not fresh in my mouth, so I'm trying to remember certain aspects of it. But this is, take notes, there's no escaping two facts about taking notes while tasting a beer. One, it makes you look like a huge nerd, yes. And two, it does make you a better taster. Just the act of jotting down what you taste and smell and perceive will hone your taste buds into a scalpel-sharp instrument. Now the problem I always have when I'm trying to take notes when drinking a beer I know what I'm tasting, I know if I like it or not but sometimes I have that problem specifically identifying those typical beer flavors. You have people mention, you know that something is, you know, bready I am able to pick that out sometimes. Um, Nutty able to pick that out sometimes not all the time though you know, caramel notes sometimes yes sometimes no but then you get into the stuff where somebody will say oh yeah it's kind of bubble gummy i've had beers that people have described as bubblegummy, and i don't i can't identify that flavor profile out of it um banana esters in beers I, sometimes i can't pick that up either i don't know if it's like my taste buds misfiring on it or if I'm just not making that connection to identify it. I'd like to think that taking notes while drinking would help me identify that better. But it's almost like I need that point of reference. So some sometimes I'll even look at uh, beer advocate reviews, not necessarily paying attention to like the number ratings and stuff, but just what people, in terms of a consensus say about a certain beer if 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 they're saying that it is you know this one has you know notes of caramel when i drink it i'll be like okay yeah yeah that is that is caramel it's almost like sometimes i need some of the more experienced drinkers yeah more experienced than me haha um i almost need them to tell me what i'm tasting as weird as that sounds and then it helps me to identify things a little bit better um those other, like the banana esters, the bubblegummy flavors and stuff like that, that that's stuff that I, I need to learn to pick up on. But it'll come in time. Um, second one on here, do some book learning. Uh, one of the beer book suggestions they have on here, I actually uh, do have here. Um, Randy Mosher's Tasting Beer, Joel Bernstein's The Complete Beer Course. Um, great places to get started on uh, getting serious about craft beer appreciation. Both books are packed with information endlessly perusable I really need to go through tasting beer more because there is a lot of great stuff in there now obviously there's no substitute for actually tasting a beer but I think it'll help me make some more connections with things um, this is one that I actually do remember mentioning last week take a class they say there. unfortunately there's not an abundance of organized beer education available in Los Angeles from you know where this article's from, but if you're patient, you can find some opportunities. Eagle Rock Brewery regularly holds classes on different beer topics in their tasting room. I think that's cool. If you're a woman, the monthly women's beer forums hosted by brewery co-owner Ting Su is one of the best ways to learn the ins and outs of craft beer and from what I've seen there, there are more more and more women's craft beer groups popping up out there, which um, it's amazing that you can you know talk all about craft beer and not be in the kitchen, but yeah. You know, whatever works for you, I guess. Um, Next one, discover new styles. Craft beer is so much more than wheat beers and IPAs, and there's a flavorful style for every uh, predilection. This is another problem that I have because I tend to stick with the same styles. That's why I've been slowly, slowly branching off into the IPAs and trying to, you know, get those new styles into my face. Uh, hit up a local craft beer retailer. Ask the staff for some off the beaten path recommendations. Or, when in doubt, head to the Belgian import section and grab something new. That is an excellent suggestion. Just go for the Belgian beers. G- grab a random Belgian beer it, every time. You're bound to get something completely different than what you had last time. Um, learn to brew. You think craft beer is spreading like wildfire? Home brewing is growing, yeah, growing, growing even quicker. And it's never been easier to learn the craft of making your own brew in the kitchen. Uh, there are how-to articles on sites such as the Brewing Network, or you can visit a local homebrew club, whose members will be happy to help you get started. Of course, there are also places that I've mentioned before. I uh, that one in, um, I believe it was Japan, where yeah, it was the. Um, the Hitachino Brewery where they're doing brew your own beer sessions obviously we can't all go to Japan another article I had gone over had to do with workplaces holding team building exercises at breweries where they could brew their own beer those if you can get to them those are excellent resources I would gather to learn to brew to get you comfortable with it I'm still doing the Mr. Beer thing I want to expand into doing a little bit more um, toying with it more, not having as ready made a kit going um, whether I'm ready for that or not, I don't know, but you know you know if the money's there and I have the confidence to do it, you know um, and, and and like I said those you know the how to articles brewing network, local home brew clubs you know a lot of resources to to get you going in it. I figure, you know, know, questions that I may have on homebrewing, ask someone you know that already does more extensive homebrewing. I mean, I I know that if I really started to get into it, I'm sure that Marianne's husband, Rob, would, you know, help me out if I had questions here and there. You know, so eventually perhaps it'll get to that point and I'll be able to kind of, you know, bend his ear and kind of figure out, you know, easiest way to do things and, you know, different tips and tricks and you know, the best equipment to start with, things like that. Um, Cross train already well on your way to being a craft beer expert. Switch it up and go to some wine tastings or try whiskey flights. Your palate will get a workout and your ability to discern flavors will improve. That's another thing. I want to get more into wine this year. And I think the biggest step for me to start that is simply finding a bottle of wine to buy. I, I don't know if I want to, you know, start my journey with, you know, a Cabernet. I don't know if I want to start with, you know, a White Zin. I'm, it's, it's daunting just like craft beer can be. So I just gotta, I just gotta man up and get a bottle of wine. That didn't sound right, right? And this one, of course, this one's a little bit more difficult for most of us probably, but who knows? Get certified. While the wine world has the sommelier, the craft beer world has the Cicerone certification program. And I've mentioned this in the past. Three tiered program that's the industry standard for identifying those with significant knowledge and professional skills in beer sales and service. The first level, Certified Beer Server, is an online exam covering beer styles and service. Second level, Certified Cicerone, requires months of study culminating in a four hour written and tasting exam. As much as I would love to be able to do that one day, ugh, it would be a lot of money, a lot of time. And I don't know if I have the palate for it. I don't know if my palate is sophisticated enough to be able to do something like that effectively. Um, and damn it, Mitch. Actually, I think I was doing whining last week. Um, let's see see if there's anything in the uh comments here oh okay see somebody thought you know the easiest way the seven steps were just to get drunk seven times ha 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 um now see this is i don't know what the hell this one commenter is trying to say michael 735 in today oh you know let me let me um let me let me put a voice on for this In today's internet world, all media outlets struggle for content, the majority being idiotic and an insult to people of average intelligence. This piece ranks up there with the best of stupidity. Uh, really? I... I don't understand these fucking too-cool-for-the-room hipster fuckface assholes. I will never get it. Ah, Okay. Jesus, I'm burning through shit tonight. Um, This is an older list, but... uh, Come on, I I got back in at midnight last night after a 20-hour drive. So, forgive me for not having as much prep as I would like. I fall back on a list that Cracked posted three years ago. But this, in case any of you decide to uh, quit drinking... Well, uh, you may want to hear this first. Five things that nobody tells you about quitting drinking. This actually kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, I would not want to uh, go cold turkey after this. Um, number five, the stench. For the first couple of days stretching into the first couple of weeks, this is off alcohol, you sweat your ass off. Even on cold days, you can't keep a shirt dry with all the king's deodorant and all the king's men putting that deodorant on for you. And he admits he's not good with metaphors. I like this guy. As your body works overtime to rid itself of toxins, leftover alcohol and its byproducts that are stored in your lymph nodes will begin to seep out through not only your urine, but also your breath and the pores of your skin. And how is that a racist impression? That was closer to comic book guy Dennis um, this isn't normal stink. If it was just persistent body odor, you could do something about it. No, this is stink on a demonic level. Showers do help, but their effect is very temporary and only seems to provoke it. How bad is it? Well, another cracked rider on the wagon was actually kicked off a public bus because of this. In Europe. They've tolerated the French for thousands of years, but couldn't handle one bus ride with a recovering alcoholic. That is is i mean it makes sense but jesus christ and i i would like to think that there may be i don't know some kind of enzyme supplement or something out there that could counteract something like that but i guess it might it it would really depend on how much alcohol you regularly drank um i mean i think if you're like a full-blown daily drinker You're going to have a problem. Next one, number four. The nightmares. The stench isn't the end of the world. No, it's the insomnia. That's the first major ass kicker. For many hardcore drinkers going to sleep and passing out mean roughly the same thing. Yes, I will concur with that. Um, Oh, wow. This person says, I personally never got blackout drunk. Well, fucking lightweight but I always went to bed with a good deep buzz. I did it so often my brain got used to the booze as a sleep aid. Yet yeah, that, that that actually did become a problem with me for a while where it would take me like an hour to get to sleep unless I had a drink at night. If I had a drink at night it would ease me into sleep a lot easier. And really that's no different than, you know, sleeping pills. It, it's it's not a good idea. So don't don't use that as a sleep aid. Do not do what I have done. Um, okay. Uh, Used the booze as a sleep aid, so much so that when I finally quit, the toxins began to disappear from my body. My brain became more active at bedtime, and simply refused to shut down for the night. Once more, this is common among detoxing alcoholics. But then, once you finally drift off, is when the fun starts. That's when you get some of the most frequent and realistic nightmares you've ever experienced. Intense feelings of dread and anxiety thumped through your sleeping mind as if the stench demon decided to drift into your cerebral cortex. Remember that your brain is not only more active, but also in panic mode. It has become so used to having alcohol that it started thinking it was one of your normal bodily fluids. Imagine if you suddenly gave up food, taking all of your nutrients via an IV instead Even if you were getting everything you needed for a while, your empty stomach would still send out the pain alarm that says, insert food or you will die, dumbass. The inside of a detoxing alcoholic's head is freaking out in the same manner. One of the most common nightmares among alcoholics is the terrible recurring dream where you fall off the wagon, you fight all day to stay sober, then in your sleep, you relapse. So in the dream, you now have to explain to the people all around you that you slipped. Not only do you feel all the guilt and shame and frustration while you're dreaming, the feelings stick with you long after you wake up. Then, number three, this... God, I have problems with this already. The shit. Yes, yes, feces, fecal matter, poop, uh, diarrhea, whatever. It's like my grandma used to tell me, John, when you really think about it at all, it comes down to shitting. Now, put in that VHS tape marked five hours of me shitting, and I'll show you what I mean. Now, that video was a compilation of several different movements set to the Moonlight Sonata. Ha ha ha. But if I had tried to make my own such video, the camera's battery would have run out before I finished just one. Alcohol has calories. Yes, I have mentioned that many a time. Since a whole lot of an alcoholic's calories... Yeah. Caloric intake comes out of a bottle. Most alcoholics have very poor diets overall. See, that's why I know I'm not an alcoholic, because I actually try and keep a balanced diet. This just happens to be my, my grains for the day. Uh, so, for instance, I'd eat lunch, but by early evening, food would be replaced by booze. Drinking keeps the stomach busy, and alcohol suppresses the appetite. See, n- now that... Uh, I know alcohol is supposed to suppress the appetite. Then why am I always hungry for shitty food after I've drank? Um, Maybe you binge on tacos at 2 a.m. Millions of college kids can tell you the following day's result is known as beer shits. And yes, this is very, very, very true. When you stop drinking, you subtract the body of all those thousands of liquid calories, but now you're hungrier, so you eat to replace them. But a system used to digesting gallons of beer suddenly has pounds of meat and cheese to work on. It'd be like if a normal person spontaneously decided to spend a week slowly eating an entire moose. And an additional problem with this, the intestines extract an insane amount of water from your feces, we'll, and that'll leave you with a bowl full of what amounts to granite. So... You're not, you're not going to have a fun time passing things. And then, number two. I, I actually have this problem now, but uh, it may not be related to the alcohol. Mm. The urge to murder. Like I said, urge, not actual acting on it. The first thing to go during detox is the mind. It starts to wander. Short-term memory misfires. The simplest tasks will require as much focus as diffusing a time bomb. See, this feels like what I go through every day at work. Oof. <laughs> okay, L- Lil Matt has the perfect description uh, after grog bogs. I love it, dude. See, you, you Australians have better terminology for certain things. Um, there was a day in the first week of my own detox when I walked in the living room four times to get my phone, but each time I forgot to pick it up. We've all done that before, right? The difference is that mine was ringing at the time. Part of this lack of focus is because you're constantly tired from the insomnia-nightmare combination. Part of it's the nervous system not having the security blanket of booze that it's used to. And with that comes changes in mood. The smallest things would irritate me into a full-blown rage. Little annoyances like the person who was sitting at the same picnic table as me who wouldn't stop tapping his leg up and down, shaking the whole contraption. I wanted to get a gun and murder him and all of the other people in the world who had failed to murder him up to that point. Point. Some people in that situation may have a few people close to them who sympathize with what they're going through, uh, but to everyone else, you're just being an unmanageable twat. And fortunately, I still had my friends to make me feel better. Um, let's see. So once the irritability phase subsides, and I don't know, I, I have the irritability when I'm drinking. I have the irritability when I'm not drinking. So i'm wondering how much of this will apply to me in any case but number one the blissful high for a few days after a person becomes completely detoxed his body will get an unexpected dose of oxygen real food and natural chemicals that will put him on a natural high it's just a symptom just like the pooping and likewise it won't last because truthfully you don't want it to uh, in the meantime, rainbows will shoot out of your ass. It'll feel like the final scenes of Independence Day. You've overcome your addictions, blah, 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 Um, Let's see. How do they cont- Oh, okay. Um, turns out drinking doesn't make a person an alcoholic. The part of a person's brain that makes him drink to excess is what makes him an alcoholic. Or, er, um, no comment? mm mm-hmm. The mechanism for the addiction is still there. That's why people in 12-step programs say you'll always be an alcoholic even if you're not drinking. Alcohol isn't the disease. It's a symptom or an attempt to self-medicate the disease. Blah, blah, um, It, you know, interesting there. So, I mean, um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, and, and the rest of this article really kind of goes into saying, you know, I've never felt better being sober, blah, 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 blah so i I don't want to get into that because that, it's not that kind of show, not that kind of show um, <laughs> of course you work too hard, mitch. you work all the time, ugh. and uh ugh. Well, one day back at my job, and I already wanted to fucking strangle people today it, it, all the blissfulness and relaxation I got from Orlando was gone by the first like second hour or the first or second hour of the day. I don't know what the fuck it is with that i'm trying to behave dennis yeah seven forty-five on a tuesday and kevin's not slurring yet hashtag hell just froze over i am close to finishing my second beer i am being good yeah, and mitch wanted to kill everyone at work too Ugh. i don't know if it's just that florida was better or um Oh, um, Halls, uh, I'll, you know what, since, since we're nearing the end of the show, I'll, I'll reiterate the announcement, uh, I have, <laughs> god damn it, no, I'm not gay, uh, it was not an intervention for me at Royce's house, wait, was there supposed to be an intervention for me at Royce's house, god damn it, nope, uh, I've actually, uh, procreated again, baby do in August, so, number two do in August, halls. so, yay, yeah, Um, (laughs) I know, yeah, uh, Mitch says, Kevin's not gay, he just wishes he was. Well, yeah, I mean, come on, Mitch, you loved dancing to Sweet Caroline just as much as I did, right? Come on. Um, uh, you know, I I guess it's probably time for me to get into the new beer releases and reveals, because I think I really, really uh, infringed on J5's time last week, and I am not doing that this week, because... I want to be a responsible drinker and a, uh, a I don't know a good show host. Um. <laughs> uh, my, my romantic side. I, I have a romantic side, Dennis. Um, wait. But I'm trying to remember what it was in the car now. If, if she was, it, fuck. See, I, I I can't I can't flow here. She was coughing and wanted a Jolly Rancher, but I believe she said, give me su- something to suck on. And I think Punchy heard it, but I don't know if Dennis heard it at first. And I just kind of looked at her and she's like, yes, give me your cock or something like that. And that, then I think Dennis was paying attention. And yeah, it was just for a Jolly Rancher. She propositioned me for a Jolly Rancher. Um, okay, new beer releases for the week. Uh, There's some of these that I could have talked about last week but didn't, and then there are a few new ones. Um, One of them is actually just an update. Duclaw's Coco fuego Chocolate Chipotle Stout is now available. I previously reported on it. Take a look for it where Duclaw brews are sold. Uh, This next one, apparently uh, the brewers are starting to be a little bit more free with uh, peanut butter. Um... (laughs) God damn it, Dennis. This is Terrapin's Liquid Bliss. It was part of Terrapin's side project line. They're now moving it to a full year beer. Full year beer. Ha ha ha. It's a porter with peanut butter and chocolate, 6.7% ABV. It's going to be in 12 ounce bottles and draft and arriving sometime June ish. Um, They've got some high standards to live up to for me, namely DuClaw's Sweet Baby Jesus, because I've had two peanut butter beers. One was Sweet Baby Jesus, and it was amazing. The other was the Rogue Chocolate Peanut Butter Banana Abomination, and that one that one made me want to die from herpes and AIDS twice. That's how bad it was. Um, okay, maybe that's a little bit much. And yeah, Mitch says he'd buy one to test it out, but it's hard to tell some of these. Sweet baby Jesus, I lucked out when I got that six pack that it was that good. Terrapin's been a little bit more hit or miss with me on some of their flavorings like I, I've had their um, their Muhu chocolate milk stout. It was okay, but it wasn't it didn't blow me away. This is one um, hopefully I'd be able to find it and build a six pack. If not, I'd still probably try a six pack if again if I can find it. Um, I still haven't found white chocolate muhu out here, so distribution's a little bit weird with terrapin sometimes. Um, let's see. Well, the Hollis does have a good point. She'd never eat a peanut butter sandwich with a beer, so that is a good point. But you'd you'd be surprised how how well the sweet baby Jesus did it with their peanut butter flavor. Uh, Next one's Weyerbacher Tango. If you're uh, on the East Coast, you know Weierbacher pretty well. It's a Belgian-style ale brewed with 1,200 pounds of cherries. It pours a deep ruby red and features a complex aroma of cherries and other dark fruits. I like cherries in my beer, so this is one that if I see it, I want to grab it. 10.6% ABV, 750 milliliter bottles. It is available now, but only for a limited time. Uh, next is Harpoon's Brown IPA. Uh, I was not familiar with Brown IPAs before this. It's the newest entry in their 100 Barrel series. Uh, John Cataldo, a member of the Harpoon quality team, says they wanted to take their IPAs in a completely new direction. So what they did, they layered the classic American hops over the malty base of a rich brown ale. So it's an IPA kind of mixed, or kind of done in the style of a brown ale. So you get the sweet roasted notes of chocolate and honey malts, and they combine with the pine and citrus of uh, Chinook, Simcoe, and Amarillo hops. Whether or not I could see that blending, that's a little tough. The pine and citrus, I could see it with the honey malts. The chocolate, I'm a little apprehensive. Again, if I see this, I'm going to pick it up because I'm trying to explore the IPAs a little bit more, and this one is a different take on the style. 25-ounce uh, bottles, 5.7% ABV, 60 IBUs. And if you remember, that's International Bitterness Unit. So it's not not way up there on the scale. So the the bitterness is not going to blow you away. And it's probably the chocolate and honey malts that'll kind of temper that down a bit. And that one is releasing this month. So keep an eye out for that if you get Harpoon in your area. Another one from Harpoon. This is going to be, uh, I'm guessing well, technically a summer release, which means it'll probably be more like April or May. This is Harpoon's Big Squeeze Shandy. So we're starting to get some of the new shandies popping out here. Uh, got an image in the chat here. Uh, okay, it's a grapefruit and beer combo in their UFO series, which is their unfiltered offering, UFO. Uh, it's going to be available in cans, bottles, and on draft. Like I said, the release is to be determined, but considering shandies are typically a summer kind of thing. I'm going to guess April or May, possibly March if they really jump it out there early. I'm I'm weird with shandies. I I've had a grapefruit shandy before and it was very eh, the flavors didn't blend as much as I would like them to, but I've also had some really poor lemon shandies too. So I like what Harpoon normally does. So if I see this one I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and this one's a nice kind of mild sessionable 4.5% ABV. Um, Jesus Christ, I really do have a lot here. Um, Odell's Tree Shaker Imperial Peach IPA. This is another, um, IPA that I would give a, you know, give a, well I'd give a shake to. Uh Uh-huh, give it a fair shake. Uh you got, fuck. I have no comedic chops. Um, yeah, and Shell Shocked was really good, Mitch. And porch, porch rocker, I'm I'm waiting to well actually um yeah porch rocker is probably in the like the summer stuff. It's not going to be in the spring seasonals, but I'm waiting for that to come back. Um, but this Imperial Peach IPA from Odell, uh, it's returning later this month. It's going to be premiering at their Colorado tap room in a release party on the 22nd and 23rd. Uh, it's a citrus hop blended with subtle fruity sweetness. I'm curious if the peach flavor is going to retain any tartness like it does in um rj rocker's son of a peach if it does i could see it being really good but if it's just that peach sweetness uh i don't know it it might might not work for me with that but uh, 9.7 percent abv it's gonna be in 750 milliliter bottles again this is gonna be one that i guess in a way i'm glad when some of these are released in larger bomber bottles because then i don't even have to venture a six pack it's just one big bottle and that's it Uh, This next one from Abita. This is, again, probably one I'm not going to see. Actually, I'm almost positive I'm not going to see it. Um, But if you're down in Louisiana, you probably have a better shot. This one is their Select Series Bourbon Street Baltic Porter. It's a roasty Baltic Porter aged in bourbon barrels, resulting in a nice hefty 9.25 ABV. Releases to be determined on this. and Oh, yeah, okay, this one is draft only. This one isn't in bottles. Um, If you're down in Louisiana, keep an eye out for it at their tap house. Uh, Got a couple more here. I got Bear Republic's Big Bear Black Stout. Try and say that five times fast. Post an image in the chat here. Um, Boom. Uh, Previously, this has only been available in 22-ounce bottles and on draft. I'm almost positive I've seen that Uh, seen this one but i'm not sure a lot of bear republic's labels kind of blend together for me apparently this is very popular with craft beer drinkers i was not aware of this um it's got a 99 on rate beer it's a 93 on beer advocate it's a hefty black stout boasts a rich caramel sweetness 8.1 abv it's releasing in six packs this month They've actually got a tracker on their website to see if you can get Bear Republic in your area and where you can normally find it. If you're interested in that it's slash bear tracker. So check that out if you're looking for, for some uh, Bear Republic beers. Then the last one on the list here, as I get into the home stretch, this is from Stouts Brewing out of Adamstown, Pennsylvania. It's another chocolate cherry stout. The small batch one, Brewer's Reserve series, so it's probably going to be more limited to local area. I may see this locally, I may not. Not sure. Um, but th- this does seem to be a new trend lately with the chocolate stouts. I mean, we're we're, you know, we're seeing peanut butter popping up more frequently. We're seeing chocolate and cherry blending more frequently. Oh, and thank you, Marianne. Drive safely. <laughs> um, But we're seeing more and more of these. The only other chocolate cherry I've really been impressed with so far was um, Sam Adams Chocolate Cherry Bach. Yeah, that's not a stout, but it kind of counts. I had, um, and I don't know how to, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, Saucony or um, Saucony, another one out of PA. Um, That was a chocolate cherry stout. It was okay. I wasn't hugely impressed with it. I believe. Horny Goat had a Chocolate Cherry Stout, too, that was, eh. I mean, it was, it was okay. It was drinkable. I still need to try out Dewclaw's Naked Fish. That one's the Chocolate Raspberry Stout. Um, the Chocolate Fruit Stouts, I don't know, they seem to be picking up in steam. And it, it, it's a weird time of the year to, for seeing more of them picking up like this. I mean, because we're, you know, more a tail end of winter, I suppose. But anyway... This is going to be in 22-ounce Bombers. ABV is unknown as yet, as well as the release. I would guess something like this. You're going to see it before the end of the winter, I would think. If not, you're probably not going to see it till the end of the year. So uh, with that, I'm closing out the show. Uh, so check out the ABV beer tasting list, as I mentioned earlier, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. As always, check out the Facebook page, Facebook group group facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume the page like it for me please i want some fans i need some fans facebook.com slash mlr alcohol by volume follow me on twitter at edicius or at mlr underscore alcohol look me up on untapped alcohol by volume all one word coming up next unsight night with j5 followed by dutch and royce with royce and marie coming to you live from Colorado tonight. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.